evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. I have a great guest on tonight that I've been trying to get on the show for quite some time, but she's a very busy lady. Miss Katie Vernon is a songstress and an amazing ukulele player, and uh, she is actually on Facebook Live. She's playing tonight with Dan Israel at the Hook and Ladder which is on uh, Minnehaha and Lake Street. She opens the show at 7.30, and Dan's got a great new record out called Social Media Anxiety Disorder. So he will have his band and uh, be playing with that. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome Miss Katie Vernon. Hi, thanks for having me. Yes, well, we've been trying to, we've been juggling schedules yes. and things. Well, you're and very busy too, so. <laughs> I am busy and much more disorganized than you are. Well, you know, you have to be organized. It's funny, bookers are always, you know, pleasantly surprised when I email them back. I'm like, how does anyone <laughs> else do it? I don't know any other way of, like, getting a gig. Well, you know, the crazy <laughs> thing about uh, this modern uh, social media landscape, that which should you think make life easier Mm -hmm. you'll get a message and then you go oh my god was that a text yes was that a messenger on facebook you have to like search for how it came in was it an email yeah Yeah, sometimes they'll flash up too and then disappear Mm -hmm. and uh they might go into like your hidden messages right you know and then i always feel like i have to apologize like i'm not filtering people and ignoring (laughs) them but like social media is just deciding who i want to interact with absolutely which uh, which is strange which actually i guess uh, really segues nicely into Dan Israel's new CD title. I think we all have some social media anxiety. Yes, and uh, uh, we all do, absolutely. And and I waste too much of my life away on Twitter, but yeah. I don't have a television, so that's how I kind of keep see. up with the uh, the modern world, as crazy right. as it is. Yeah, me too. I really enjoy Twitter, actually, as a news source. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people say, you know, why do you use Twitter? What do you even do on it? And I think if you're looking for Twitter to just amplify your own voice, that's definitely not the right way to use it. You know, it's, I think it's very different from other platforms. For me, it's just really a way of keeping track of things in real time. Well, the thing I like about Twitter is you have uh, people out there kind of curating articles for right. you, in a way, people you yeah. trust. Uh, I am going to have uh, Charlie Pearson uh, next uh, week on the Wall of Power Radio. He's been on five times. We call him <laughs> his uh, episodes uh, Checkpoint Charlie. He's oh, an wow, okay. amazing <laughs> liberal blogger. He writes for Esquire.com. Yeah. I'll have to look him up. And uh, he's uh, amazing. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. You'll yeah. love it. He's got, got 100,000 followers. But wow. he's, he's also on MSNBC and CNN. Okay. Uh, but a really funny guy. But I don't think there's any more astute political writer mm. uh, that I can think of than Charlie Pierce. Cool. Yeah, look him up. I, I mean, that's what I really love about Twitter is just following people and getting news, like, right away. Plus, occasionally you get those really cool uh, dog and cat videos. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Definitely. Always. And the memes, they're all good. All the memes <laughs> are good. You put out a great record uh, that's gotten phenomenal reviews this past spring called Suit of Hearts. Yes, yeah. Was this tied in with your trip back to the UK? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was kind of all um, kind of a big circle, basically, of um, getting to a point in my life where I realized I had some um, addiction and mental health issues. And, um, you know, realized is such a nice way to put it. Right. I, uh, I really was having a tough time. Um, and I decided to quit drinking and just start kind of taking care of myself more. Um, and then that really kind of bloomed into walking away from a job that was very uh, kind of toxic for me and um, taking a risk on just diving into music full time and what really kicked that off for me was doing a six-week tour of the UK. Where you were born. Where I was born so it was really a homecoming you know I applied I was encouraged to apply for a, a big ukulele festival and i thought well i live overseas and you know i i thought i you know i don't even know how to begin and so a friend was like you apply online that's how you begin so um so i did you know i threw my hat in the ring and i was accepted to not one but two big ukulele fests and they were six weeks apart and my husband knew i'd been through a, a tough time 
emotionally and kind of physically that year and so he was just like just go just go for six weeks you'll figure it out you'll play music and um so i did and you'll have a lot of alone time i'll have a lot of alone time which was scary actually Mm -hmm. i mean as as a newly sober person i thought being alone in the uk like is that a good idea and there was yeah because there's no pubs there oh gosh and you know (laughs) it's not even just pubs it's like even the the convenience stores sell glasses of wine to go like wow. they have it next to, you know, like a pack of gum. Sure. They have a pre-filled wine glass, yeah. like at the checkout. Yeah, at the, and, of course um, it's at the yeah, checkout. Yeah, right there. And so it was scary, but I just thought, you know, I just want to dive in, do this, see what comes of it. And um, I've really never had any alone time. I got married at 21. You know, I, um, I've i always kind of, you know, had someone in my life um, since I've been an adult. And um, I just thought maybe, maybe I just need that, you know, to have some thinking time. And um, so I strung together a six-week tour. I toured wow. all over the UK. Did you um, book it yourself? I did. Wow. I booked everything. I've done it three times now. Incredible. So it really was just kind of a restart, you know. I kind of hit reset on my health and uh, my mental health. The biggest thing, you know, was was not drinking and just kind of not, you know, numbing my feelings anymore and facing them. And out of that came a lot of new songs. Wow. So, yeah, it was all – the whole record was really kind of a testament to um, – just taking a chance on um, playing music full time and and facing kind of my, you know, demons. What a you're, you're <laughs> it was very a lot. brave woman. Plus, thank you. You not only left your husband behind, but you have uh, two, two, two teenage kids. daughters. Yeah, yeah. Um, they. The nice thing was, they toured for six weeks, and then we kind of made a pact that they would join me for oh, the nice. last week. So they flew over, you know, week seven, and we had a little family holiday right at the end. That's so that fantastic. was a really, you know, joyful and fun way to end it. And I knew I wanted to write an album that wasn't about the emotional breakdown. It was about what you then do. Like, hmm. how do you how do you claw step. your way back right. you know how do you kind of reclaim a healthy the 13th honest, step as yeah well. yeah i mean you know i didn't want to write a, a record that was all about just kind of sinking under so um but at the time i didn't know how to write myself out of it but i, I many, hoped that it would how many records have you put out this is my third solo okay. record um and then uh, in the year 2000 so it's weird to think that's coming up to 20 years ago i um i made a record with a band called the Camden. Oh, and okay. that was in Minneapolis. Camden, sure. <laughs> yeah, we played around quite a bit. Um, and, you know, we got some radio play for that. Um, did they live in the Camden neighborhood? No, you know, none of us did, which hmm. was kind of funny. And people thought there were all kinds of Camden references. But, um, no, Camden's just a really cool place in London. It's actually like Amy okay. Winehouse um, used to hang out there. They actually have a statue um, for Amy Winehouse. They should. I love her. She's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And um, so, no, it was just kind of a cool neighborhood. And the funny thing was the band had that name before I auditioned because there was already a British guy in the band when I came along. And, um, yeah, so two Brits in a band. And Beautiful uh, cool. synchronicity. Katie yeah. Vernon, why don't you brought your ukulele? Yeah. Uh, why don't you play us out here? Uh, okay. The first segment on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. Katie Vernon, take it away. All right, thanks. So this is a song called Undertow. This was a song that um, I really wanted to somehow come up with the imagery of even when you're sinking under, maybe you can get spat out kind of somewhere else along the way in your life. So that's what this is about. I was in the undertow Fighting so hard The only way out Is by letting go Took me down Way along the shore Made me shake No. Oh. 
song i love Thank your you uh, uh katie verna i love your uh finger style too we're oh, gonna talk thanks. we're gonna talk some ukulele uh yeah, later on I in the love show huh? the ukulele it really got me songwriting again you know i was in a real slump it was so. beautiful thank you you're listening to the wall of power radio hour this is your host paul metz and my guest katie vernon on for the whole show tonight she's gonna play a little more live and we're gonna hear some more tunes off her new record the number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. Supporting the best local and independently owned restaurants in the Twin Cities has never been easier. You'll find an expansive list of local dining options at eatlocalminnesota.com. From classic American comfort food to authentic flavors from around the world. Experience cozy fireside dining at the Downtowner Woodfire Grill in St. Paul, specializing in fresh seafood, fire-roasted meats and pizzas, all cooked over an oak-burning fire, and salads and sandwiches, too. Join them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Located at 253 West 7th Street with plenty of free parking or online at downtownerwoodfire.com. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Offering 20 fresh, never frozen burger varieties, more than 60 beers on tap, and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at burgermoes.com. The Fall St. Paul Art Crawl, presented by the St. Paul Art Collective, will be running the weekend of October 11th, 12th, and 13th. This is a must-do experience that you will love. The St. Paul Art Crawl showcases the diversity of art that St. Paul has to offer. By nurturing a vibrant arts community, the Art Crawl inspires artistic growth and fosters a creative exchange of ideas. Throughout the weekend, you'll have the chance to explore fabulous art while touring through local artist studios, lofts, and galleries, hosting over 350 artists up for purchase will be paintings photography pottery sculpture fiber arts and more and when you buy local art you're providing to artists so that they may continue to create the art we love the metro transit is supporting the local art community with a free transit pass for saturday and sunday download your pass to ride buses and light rail for free during the art crawl be sure to get all the details at stpaulartcrawl.org that's stpaulartcrawl.org Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metz. My guest for the whole show tonight, songstress and ukuleleist, 
extraordinaire, Katie Vernon. Is that a word, ukuleleist? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I feel like I've heard it before. Boy, that's yeah. a beautiful sounding ukulele. I don't yeah. think I've ever been this close to someone who's playing the ukulele. Oh. Yeah, it's a pretty one. It's, um, I mean, this is really my old standard. I've had this one ever since I started playing in public. It's a Lanakai, which okay. is um, a pretty... Hawaiian? Yeah, it's Hawaiian. It's a pretty um, low level. You know, you, they're very affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, even with full, you know, kind of pickup and everything, um, was like 200 Wow, bucks, maybe? that's yeah. reasonable. I mean, for an instrument, is not that bad. Um, and yeah, it's been pretty beaten up and, and taken around the world. Um, the and, nice thing is yeah. you can put it in the, in an overhead compartment. Oh, airplane. no, no, I'd never do that. Really? I always babysit it right on my lap. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> You yeah. could. You could technically do that. Um, they fit under the seat even. Right, okay. So, yeah, no, I've, I've traveled very lovingly with this one. Is that tuned like the top four strings of a guitar? No, not quite. Well, because I've got it tuned to a high G, so okay. that makes it different, but it's G, C, E, A. Okay. Um, so, yes, it would be if that was the low G, I believe. Right? Well, up on the fifth fret, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, well, a guitar... You're getting would, a little too technical there. Yeah, a guitar would be... The top would be uh, D, G, uh, B, E. Okay. But oh, so, you know, actually, that brings up an interesting point. That is tuned, then, like a um, a bass ukulele. Okay. Because this tuning is um, is the same for soprano, the really little ones, all the way up through um, concert and then tenor. And then it's the next size up that's tuned, like a guitar. Do you practice scales on that? Um, I should. Are you going to report me? Are you going to report me to the ukulele police? Yes, uh, you're going to no, call them. I'm self-taught, so I really learned by ear, and um, you know, I'm I'm probably breaking lots of ukulele rules. Well, you look back though, uh, you know, like blues <laughs> players like Elizabeth Cotton, who wrote uh, Freight Train, or Albert King, mm. they learned how to play the guitar upside down. Wow, that's, you know, that's amazing. And uh, you know, Elizabeth Cotton, one of the great fingerstyle players. You know, you watch, there's some great uh, YouTube videos on her, <laughs> and you got it. you know, it's like, you get an ice cream headache trying to figure out how she's That's doing funny. it. Yeah, no, I do always feel a bit like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I tend to write songs, and then I look them up to see what the chords are. Right. So, when did you first get uh, uh, fall in love with the ukulele? It's been about eight years. Really? Yeah. So, I was always a singer-songwriter, and um, I would kind of have melodies in my head and then sit down and kind of work out what they were on the guitar. But um, I felt very kind of hemmed in by what I knew and didn't know on the guitar and um, really just kind of got into a rut, you know, mm-hmm. writing every song in G and every, right. you know, switching to an F, you know, right. it was just very stale. And um, and then my experience when I would get up on stage and perform, you know, with the Camdens or with other bands, um, I just put the guitar down because <laughs> it was too hard for me, you know, to kind of coordinate doing both. And I would just stand there, you know, stiff as a board and right. terrified if I was playing an instrument. So um, I really I was can't, just a I person. can't get on stage without the guitar. Yeah, well, you know, I feel that way now. I feel really naked without yeah. my ukulele. But for many, many years, you know, I was um, I was just up there singing. Um and it was really only uh, having writer's block for several years that made me kind of get curious about picking up hmm. a different instrument. Interesting. And, you know, my husband even was like, well, you have a guitar, you never play. Why right. would you buy another instrument? And I just had a feeling that I might, you know, noodle around on it more. And um, so I really picked it up as just an experiment to see if I could just teach myself some new tricks. Well, it's sure working. It did work. I mean, you know, within a month I had, you know, like three or four new songs. So, you know, it's really helped. Funny, Katie, the first time I came across you, I was, uh, uh, there was a guy who's a friend of mine at the time who belonged to the Minneapolis Club downtown. Oh, and uh, he was a, I don't know, 40-ish lawyer, financial advisor. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, and he had a nice car, and he belongs to the Minneapolis yeah, yeah. Club, and we, we we came and you were playing. It was just, uh, I really oh, loved it. So gosh, that's the, that was that's God, so know, weird. Well, I worked there for a while. Ago. Okay. Did you know that? Yeah, that's why I was there. Um, and, um, yeah, I had a very busy, um, very serious job there. So, yeah. But I introduced a, a music series there. I kind of put okay. my own stamp on a few things as well. You know what? Uh, 
It's funny about that uh, gentleman who shall remain homeless. He ended, He's in Leavenworth now oh. for absconding with... Oh uh, I shouldn't laugh about it, but absconding with a lot of his clients' oh. money. Whoa. So, okay. which explains how he could afford the uh, Minneapolis Maybe Club. Maybe off air, tell me who he is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't work there anymore, right. so I can be a keeper of secrets. No so, what places around town are you playing? Um, I have a few things coming up. I um, Let me see here. I'm doing all kinds of really random things because I do like playing in unusual places. So uh, let me see what I've got coming up. I'm doing a house show soon. Um, that is October 12th, and that is open to the public. So if you look up Katie Vernon House Show in Minneapolis, that's coming up on the 12th. And I'm sure it's on um, katievernon.com. katievernon.com. Yeah, I try to keep it very up to date. Then I'm doing um, a performance at the um, Royal Foundry Spirits, which is a somewhat new distillery, hmm. um, and it has a British theme. They've nice. got like a um, an old red phone box and stuff in there. Where's That's that really nice. It's near International Marketplace, okay. so it's kind of tucked away a bit. Um, and that is coming up, and it's going to be like a maker's market with crafty cocktails and stuff. That's October 20th. And then um, a big show I'm really excited about is the same night um, because that's a daytime thing in the evening sunday october 20th i'm playing at the cedar opening for robbie folks Wow. I'm really excited about that. I'm a big, big Robbie Folks fan. Are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was just confirmed, so I'm really excited. Congratulations. He's great. I've been really enjoying it. He is a phenomenal guitar player. Which is why I won't be playing guitar that (laughs) night. Uh, You know, that's another thing about the ukulele. There's less... I don't know. There's a little less bravado about it. You know, it's a very humble little instrument. A friend of mine early on was like, you know, I just think of it as a percussion instrument, which I thought was really strange for him to say because obviously it's stringed. But I play it a lot like that. You know, I'm just kind of bumping along. You know, obviously the the one I finger-picked has a different feel, but... um, it's there to cushion and accompany my voice. Hmm. And I've always been a singer. And so it's less intimidating for me to play an instrument that I feel is just there to kind of add add support to my voice well, rather than a, taking the lead. You do an incredible job. <laughs> Thank you. We've got Katie Vernon on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. We are going to listen to the title track of her record called Suit of Hearts. And the song is called, naturally, Suit of Hearts. <laughs> Katie's out for the whole show tonight, so stick around. My busy schedule with the colder months finally here, Rudy Luther Toyota saves me time, money, and hassle. A great example, the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchased, you'll get three years of $0.10 off per gallon of gas at Holiday Station stores and $5 off the works car washes. The Luther Advantage card keeps you happy while saving you money. It really helps me out, and with my hectic fall family schedule, I really appreciate it. Find out all the benefits yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Located just north of 50th in France, the Great Wall Restaurant has provided a delicious taste of authentic Chinese cuisine since 1981. Specializing in Sichuan and Peking dishes, they offer one of the most extensive menus in the Twin Cities. Favorites include hot and sour soup, pan-fried dumplings, and mushu pork with homemade Chinese pancakes. Stop by their Edina location or call for takeout at 952-927-4439. See the full menu at greatwallrestaurant.us. 
I'm Candy Braffle, publisher of the Twin Cities edition of Natural Awakenings Magazine and host of Green Tea Conversations, a new show for people who are on a journey to take responsibility for their health and play a more active role in their family's well-being. Join me every Sunday at 10 a.m. as I interview local experts who share the latest in natural holistic approaches in a fun and informative way. So grab a cup of tea and join the conversation as we awaken to natural health. Visit us at naturaltwincities.com. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah. Street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. I'm a better neighbor because my service has taught me how important it is to be a team player. My training helps me in my classes when I give attention to detail to the task at hand. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my country safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Minnesota Army National Guard. Aired by the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and this station. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. With your AM 950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Tonight, rain continues with up to an inch of rain possible with a low around 46. Sunday, cloudy with a high of 59 and a low around 43. Monday will be sunny with a high of 60 and a low around 47. Ferndale Market is a third-generation family-owned turkey farm. Started in 1939, they are proud to still bear founder Fern Peterson's name. You can find their turkeys all over Minnesota in local grocery stores. Check out what makes them different at ferndalemarket.com. Welcome back to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Mensah. My guest for the whole show tonight, songwriter and ukulele player, Katie Vernon. Katie's going to grace us with a, a live performance of what song right now, Katie? I'm going to do a song called Home, and uh, it's pretty much about going back home, going back to uh, Britain and um, feeling like it's not my home anymore, hmm. but it kind of is. So that's what the song's about. Take it away.
was a beautiful song. Thank you. You have a lovely voice. Oh, thank you so much. It's my favorite thing to do is sing. Oh. So I'm so glad I've finally gotten to a point in my life where I'm doing it a lot. I mean, it feels very rewarding, even when it's, you know, in, in weird, random. Like, mm-hmm. I just played on um, Hennepin last week outside the state, and it was like construction. And yeah, right. People walking by looking at me like I was a lunatic. And I just thought, <laughs> I'm still having a good time. Well, you fit right in, down Hennepin. It. It's true. You know. <laughs> it's true. But uh, there's a great line in, in your song you just played, Katie Vernon. Um, what, how's it go? Uh, more has changed, but what what is... Um, in the underground, uh, more has changed than remains the same. You know, it's funny. I have a, a song called Virginia. It kind of has some images from my hometown of Virginia, yeah. Minnesota, and then some other stuff about this imaginary woman. Uh, but I have a line in there... Uh, similar it, it goes nothing changes mm. but you don't feel the same yeah yeah it's a weird thing because you know you go back to where you grew up and and you know even if even if kind of you know the shops have all changed and there's you know new buildings and stuff it's um yeah you still walk down those streets and have those same feelings and feel and those ghosts it's, yeah yeah definitely well and i really felt like I was facing ghosts I went back to my childhood home and just kind of stood outside and looked at it and you know both my parents died um you know when I was 12 and then 17 wow and that house was full of ghosts um but for the first time standing there um totally sober and not kind of you know going through these endless cycles of you know mm-hmm. numbing my feelings and um and feeling sad about all of that i actually stood outside that house and looked at it and thought that's that's okay it's not my house anymore right. it's not my home it was right. it's a building and it's still there and it's the same but um i didn't feel that that kind of ache you know looking through the windows there was a great article on city pages uh, when you did your uh CD release party mm-hmm. at the Parkway, mm-hmm. and it talked about going to the hospice center yeah. where your mother yeah. passed away when you were yeah. what twelve years old. Yeah, so the last place I saw my mom was at a hospice, and um, it was interesting because it was only that was the only time I went by myself. I hmm. went after school for some reason. My dad and my brother weren't there, and so I went. You know, I rode my bike and went to visit her just one on one, and. Um, and then that was the last time, you know, obviously uh-huh. you never know it will be, but it was. Um, and so I was invited as part of that UK tour that I did. Um, I was invited by a friend to sing at that hospice. Wow. And my first instinct was, no, mm-hmm, <laughs> that's too sure. much. Um, but I thought, you know, I immediately thought, and, you know, I'm sure you've been in this position. Many of us have where we're asked to perform for a cause and the cause is bigger than you, mm-hmm, you know, and so absolutely. you say yes because of that and the invite was to sing at a saturday morning gathering for um young people um with life ending illnesses so i snapped Which puts myself, it all into perspective yeah, i snapped out of my you know little self-pity party pretty quickly yeah. um and realized i can't take my baggage into that you know i can't walk into that building and feel sorry for myself when i'm there you know for someone else and um so I thought, okay, you know, I'll I'll kind of put on my big girl panties mm-hmm. and go do this. But what was lovely was after performing there for a couple of hours um, and making people smile and, you know, not singing yeah. my sad songs, making sure I sang more upbeat ones, um, I walked out of that building with a completely different experience. Wow. And I will never have that, you know, kind of looming fear of that right. place anymore. It well, became something really beautiful. It must have been cleansing. It was. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, that's that's all the kind of stuff that, to me, I hoped I would get out of that trip, was to just go back, see things with fresh eyes, and um, pay tribute to kind of what those places meant to me, but not um, kind of just revel in sadness. So I, uh, it did that. I lost my mother in 94 she was only 64 years old mm-hmm. and uh, I'm sorry I played Will the Circle Be Unbroken as they mm. laid the coffin in the ground wow you performed live as they did that I was right yeah, right next tough. to her yeah but it was for me uh, you know I, I, I say this over and over again. I said, most male musicians are mama's boys. Oh, and, okay. <laughs> uh, and my dad always used to say, music, Paul, it's a great avocation, but not a great vocation. But my mother, mm. whatever 
whenever I wanted to play. I, yeah. You know, before I was old enough to drive, she'd drive me to gigs. Aww. She was happy to hear me stomp on my foot upstairs working yeah. on tunes. And I was safe and sound. But, uh, but really, it was a sort of really purifying experience to sing it because yeah, you know there's that, that there's that yeah. great line undertaker undertaker please drive slow that body uh, you're hauling that's my mother and i hate to see her go mm-hmm. she would have been it's so hard yeah, yeah yeah it was yeah so you then essentially at the age of 17 became an orphan yeah when well, your father died yeah i mean it was very sudden you know my mom was sick for many years so we kind of you know braced ourselves for that but then my dad just one day massive heart attack how old was he he was 60 wow that's way too young yeah you know it seems old at the time you know obviously because i was i was only a teenager but yeah my mom was only 48 when wow. she died so yeah it's really um you know i look back on it and um i thought i was so grown up at the right. time you know i had to be i had to take the world on right. and um you know i look at my kids now and they're the age i was wow. you know when when either one or both my parents had died were you still in school then i was yeah you know i had one more year of school to go and then actually after that i applied and went to university because wow. i did not know what else to do what how did you keep the house going because is your brother uh, older or younger I didn't than you? really yeah no my brother's older so he was 19 okay. and he became then legally my guardian wow. um, which is way too much for any 19 year old to right. take on um, and I only lived at home for another year but it was a pretty long fought battle actually of um, of them trying to evict us the uh, <sighs> the renters of the house so it, yeah it, it was tough and I mean yeah there is evil in this world totally you know? evil and you know people looked at us with a straight face and lied to our faces that uh. we wouldn't be kicked out and there was yeah there was a lot of rude awakening happening that, that wow. time in my life. So, so part of yeah. this uh, City Pages story, which I reread this morning, I read it when it came out, was you went, I believe, with a cousin of the, your mother's favorite beach. Yeah. Tell, yeah. tell us about that. So, you know, I sometimes forget. I mean, I felt very alone for, for most of my life. After my parents died, my brother and I had a lot of pressure put on us to be close. But, you know, that's a lot. And we weren't necessarily close. And I moved out when I was 18 anyway. Um, and so I just really kind of felt like I was floating through space kind of without anybody. And... Um, I lost track and, and lost touch with a female cousin who um, adored my mom. She was very mm-hmm. close to my mom, and she was quite a few years older than what me. What was your mother's name, by the way? My mom was Juliet. Oh, what a so, beautiful name. Yeah. What was your dad's name? Uh, Roy. Right. Well, actually, what's funny is his first name's David. Roy was his middle name, but he grew up in Wales, and every kid was called David because <laughs> that Saint David is the Welsh patron saint. Okay. So, uh, so he had to go with Royston, which was his middle name. Well, Roy and Juliet, that's kind of nice. Yeah, name, it has a good ring you know? to it. Yeah, and um, so my cousin Debbie, um, you know, we hadn't seen each other in twenty-five years or something, and she found me on Facebook. So Facebook can be a really yeah. good thing. She tracked me down and um, and. And so I visited her, and it was actually the day after I sang at the um, at the hospice. I took a train to Swansea, and I'd spent a lot of time there as a kid, and met up with my cousin. And um, that day, you know, so it was less than twenty four hours after kind of being, at, you know, the last place in right. my mom's life, she took me on a tour of my mom's kind of um, upbringing. You know, the oh, house nice. that she lived in, the places she played, and and um, we walked along my mom's favorite beaches, oh, and um, and that's when I looked up at the Welsh cliffs and I just thought you know I'm part of something mm-hmm. I do come from a line of women you know all the stories that my cousin tells me kind of fills in those gaps of these feisty kind of crazy Welsh women you right. know that I come from and and my cousin and I I mean we just have so much in common and it makes you realize that there's you know there's a family line that it's is blood. in me it's blood. it's blood and and I never ever you know felt that and I've kind of always grieved not having that and um and then the beautiful thing is i can see that in my goals too i look at my goals and they're so much like my mom Hmm. and um you know it's a beautiful thing that's the circle of life you know right there this is so 
you know, it's, uh, it's so wonderful to get to know somebody for the first time and oh, you wow. being so open <laughs> yeah. with your There's story. There's nothing to hide. <laughs> yeah. Well, no reason to. Yeah. But uh, I have actually, I'm putting on a, a record uh, in November sometime mm-hmm. from a session I did in 96. I just oh, lost wow. my mom in 94. Yeah. Okay. I lost my sister-in-law in 96. I was still mm-hmm. grieving over the loss of my, I lost uh, the love of my life to a mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't paying attention. But anyway, it, I wrote a song, and uh, it was the first time I recorded it called Walking in a Woman's World. Mm. And uh, I'll get it to you. Yeah, I want to hear you, that. You, you might be interested in playing it. Yeah. I've got Katie Vernon on. This has been such a enjoyable conversation, and we have mm-hmm. one more set left. Yeah. We're going to listen to her disco tune off her record, yes. Suit of Hearts. You listen <laughs> to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is Paul Metz, and we'll be back in just a little bit. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. What if we lived in a world where trauma was seen as an accepted, inevitable experience and not a pathological anomaly? What if healing and reversing trauma was the key to obtaining the joy and fulfillment that every human deserves? On Monday, October 7th, join the University of Minnesota for a lecture and discussion on The Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma by Dr. James S. Gordon. As a world-recognized authority on post-traumatic stress, Dr. Gordon will be presenting the first comprehensive evidence-based program for reversing the psychological and biological damage caused by trauma. In The Transformation, Dr. Gordon delivers an inviting narrative that allows readers to easily use his step-by-step evidence-based program to reverse the psychological and biological damage that trauma causes and to restore their hope and heal themselves. The cost for the lecture is $10 and includes a copy of The Transformation, Discovering Wholeness and Healing After Trauma. There will be a book signing and reception after the lecture. Space is limited. Register now at csh.umn.edu. Hi, it's Tom Hartman. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hello? Is anybody here? You there. I'm George Washington, here for the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Where is everyone? It was moved, sir. Ben Franklin blasted out an event on Facebook and invited everyone to Independence Hall. Didn't you get it? I'm Chad Hobart with Social Media MN. If your marketing is behind the times, contact us online at socialmediamn.com or at 763-244-4058. We can help your business message get blasted out on social media and Google search. We offer uncomplicated, results-driven, and affordable internet marketing solutions for businesses of all sizes. Socialmediamn.com or 763-244-4058. We just heard a tune off my guest Katie Vernon's record that was put out this spring called Latest Disaster. What was that all about, Katie? The uh, Latest Disaster? Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, I, uh, so 2017 was when I did my tour and kind of hit reset. But 2016 led up to that. 2016, um, was a very tough year for me. I had, um, I, you know, my drinking had been increasing. It had been problematic. It had been very private. Um, a lot of people were surprised that I even had um, any kind of self-described um, issue with drinking. But um, it was just kind of one too many lost nights and mm-hmm. uh, waking up the next morning and feeling regretful and stupid and, you know, kind of all those um, things that you can feel. And um with the so, added responsibility of being a mother. Yeah, you know, and I think that's a real taboo. You yeah. know, I think that there's the, the wine industry especially have really found their niche targeting right. to, you know, kind of bored stay-at-home moms and, um, you know, book clubs with drinks and cocktails yeah. with girlfriends. And, yeah. um, I'm not blaming any external force, right. but um, it's very normalized in our culture to drink and drink, you know, kind of earlier in the day. And, um, and I had a lot of um, kind of mental health health and grief and other issues that I wasn't facing because I was just kind of numbing myself. So for whatever reason, you know, multiple reasons, um, my drinking was increasing. And so I thought, all right, I'll stop. This time I'll stop. And uh, so kind of cold turkey, I just quit. Um, and for a month or so, that was, you know, that was working for me. Then I realized that I probably needed, you know, a bit more help and, and some support around that. Um, but then at the same time, I broke my phone. I broke my toe. Uh, I broke my car. <laughs> it was just like every time I left the house. Right. And it was really affecting me mentally because I felt like I just had this little cloud over my right. head. And... Um, and I was just kind of struggling to even think, like, how can I turn over this new leaf and, right. and kind of take charge of my life when everything keeps going wrong? I mean, I literally had band practice one night, turned around to put my guitar away and broke my toe on my guitar case. <laughs> I and the guy, laugh, the guy, I know, right? The guys in my band were like, you can't have broken it. It would hurt a lot more. And I'm like, right. it hurts. Right. Like, believe me, it hurts. And I looked down and my little toe was sticking out oh. at a right angle. Ouch. Um, and I drove myself to the to the urgency you know room and um i was like i wasn't drinking i promise i wasn't drinking right. and and i heard myself and i thought normal people don't say that right, right like right. people struggling with drinking issues say that you know mm-hmm. to make sure anyway so you know one thing after another just felt like it was going horribly wrong and i just thought it's a disaster everything right. in my life is a disaster and i just want to wake up one day and not feel like i'm fighting you right. know for this and um and so i found myself singing it in the shower and to my surprise you know i kind of had a little you know butt wiggle going on as i was singing <laughs> and i thought this needs to be a disco song right. and um, i liked the idea of taking a very challenging time in my life and making a disco anthem yeah. Out of it. And I, I will also let your listeners know, I'm in an ABBA cover band. I started that the fall of 2016. And I play the role of Agonita. And I love singing those ABBA songs. And that was part of my kind of mental health reset as well, which was to just get out there and sing fun music. What was the, what's the name of the band? We're called Absolutely Fab. <laughs> I yes. love it. And well, look for a very fun uh, gig uh, announcement coming, I believe, next week. We will be playing at the Parkway in November. Beautiful. And I won't say anything more, but look on the Parkway's page in the next, you know, week or so. Um, yeah, no, it's made me really, really happy singing songs i love singing songs people love and um so that snuck its way a little bit into the song the parkway theater is such a beautiful it's venue so great i, I love my, it i did my 30th anniversary there i called it skyway to hell <laughs> for my first uh, uh show in town which was at the skyway lunch yeah. but i'll be at the parkway on yeah. december 23rd oh, brilliant. uh with uh bunch of my favorite musicians it's going to be called holiday on ice cubes on ice cubes that's which funny. is a it's uh, partial benefit for the Northeast Seniors Food Show. Nice. But that's a little personal Brilliant. plug, but let's get it's back to it. It's a great venue. Yeah. I love it. I did my CD release there, and it was just a dream show. You know, I wanted to do a big theatrical kind of, you know, tribute to the album, and it was the perfect venue. Yeah, and uh, the great Lauren Wicklander's the sound guy. Did you work with Lauren there before? Uh, I believe I did. Yeah. Yeah. Old buddy, great sound guy. Awesome. We've got just a couple minutes left, Katie Vernon. Who are your musical influences? Um, you know, I love Patsy Cline. Oh, yeah. Um, probably songwriting-wise, um, like every other singer-songwriter, I'm going to say the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, and ABBA. 
yeah. can't go without saying ABBA. Um, and then, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the obvious ones, Debbie Harry. Um, she, I heard she's got she's a great, great new book out. I know. I want to read that. That looks like it'd be really fun. But, yeah, I, you know, just good old rock and roll. Yeah. And I grew up on all of that. Um, discovered Patsy in my teens. And mm-hmm. She definitely affected my singing um, because just that level of kind of just gut-wrenching emotions right. in singing really, um, you know, kind of hit me hard. Um, Kate Bush, Annie Lennox. Yeah. Yeah, right. All of those, yeah. Were you ever into, uh, like, uh, uh, Richard Linda Thompson, the old folkies? I actually um, have gotten more into folk and in Sandy the last Denny. couple of years. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm kicking around a um, tribute idea to the British women of the 60s. Um, and so we'll for sure have Sandy Denny in oh, there. Yeah? Um, she's kind of a bit of an outlier to the show, though, because of her being, you know, such a folk um, icon. Um, but I will be um, including um, Petula Clark, Lulu, yeah. Scylla, Dusty. Yeah. You know, all of them. I mean, I love singing all of that material. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to actually, you know, I don't want to rush into it. I know most of the songs I'm going to do already. But I want to really um, do it as a real tribute with some history and um, kind of a sense of fun of, you know, who these women were. Because everyone knows the bands of the British invasion. Right. Um, I think, you know, in this country, at least, um, not everybody knows, you know, the female singers that came over and just made a big splash. Katie Vernon, this has been a a really a lovely conversation. Aww, thank you're, you. It's so nice to be on. Finally. We <laughs> finally. finally got you on that, and we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll come again. So go to katievernon.com and yes. track down this very talented woman's uh, where she's playing and how to get her records. So you have a great show tonight with my friend Dan Israel. Yes. At the Hook and Ladder. Yeah. And, um, and we'll see you soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks Katie. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wall and Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metza, engineered by Brett Johnson. We'd like to thank our guest, Katie Vernon. I've got some fun stuff coming up. October 17th at Shaw's Bar, 8th anniversary with Willie Walker, 5 to 7.30. My birthday party, Friday, November 1st, with Tim O'Keefe at the Hideaway Bar, which is just two doors east of the St. Anthony Main Theater in the Astro Cafe. And a big show coming up, December 23rd, Holiday Inn Ice Cubes, my 40th anniversary in town. Follow that at paulmenta.com, and like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Well, hi.